You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up. So let's start. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Canned Fruit, where we are having candid and fruitful conversations. I am here with the illustrious Jessica and Kia. Hello, ladies. Hey, hey, hey. We're still excited to be here with you all and to, to, to share and discuss more things about how to have these candid and fruitful conversations. So, ladies. This is kind of an appropriate one for... For what we've just been through, the title of this podcast is the highs and lows of conversation. And man, that's that's kind of what we're dealing with today, isn't it? I am only laughing because I literally dragged them through an emotional like cringe <laughs> and then said, "Let's record." Um, so it's my fault. Whatever happens, if they just start booing me, this <laughs> what happens. But yes, Jessica, we are talking about the highs and lows of conversation, and they are like definitely high. And there are definitely some lows. I think we stay in pretty the middle ground, but it doesn't make yeah. it any easier. I'm just curious, like, do you all have memories of like really like high conversations and really low conversations? Is there, or is that like a general feeling you have when you have conversation? Do you feel drained or do you feel energized? Wow. I think it's easier for me to remember bad conversations than mm-hmm. it is positive conversations. But I know I've had that feeling of like, Oh, I feel so relieved that mm. like I had that conversation with that person or I could tell that person really needed to talk today. I'm so glad that I showed up and was present for them. But in general, let's see, how do I feel about conversation? I think lately it's been kind of challenging. Conversation has been really challenging. I think I think I've I've lost some of my social skills through the I mean, pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we just haven't, I mean, practice makes perfect. Right. And we have yeah. not been practicing a lot, even, even my spouse and I, right. Just kind of like get into the watching TV every night kind of phase. Ooh. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of feel ready to make some changes Ooh, in conversation. Yeah. yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> uh- and I don't know how conversations make me feel in general. Actually, no, I do. They, yeah, um, like, they yeah, we know how they make you feel. feel. <laughs> they, they definitely make me feel a little bit drained in general. And I was trying to think of a good conversation or like a conversation where I left it feeling some form of a high or something. Mm-hmm. And what you said, Jessica, totally hit the nail ahead. If, if I leave a conversation knowing that I was there for someone else, that makes me feel very good. Mm-hmm. But I have, I'm trying to give a conversation where like I showed up and like, it was just a lively conversation because I was there and I don't, I don't, wow. Well, yeah, no, I can't think of one that's like that. <laughs> um, like, wow. Yeah. I just, but it makes me happy to be there for other people. Um, when, when they're, it's to 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 lift someone else up um definitely makes me happy so i was like mm-hmm. oh yeah no i can think of a few conversations where that's happened and i've left feeling like that's so great i was there for them <laughs> i could tell they really needed that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do i well generally i come up feeling really 
good in conversations even when they're hard ones i feel the way you said it jessica about like you feel relieved i feel like if i've had a really good conversation it feels like almost like when you have a fever and you start to sweat and it's kind of like you know they say like the fever breaks and you just kind of have all that and i'm just i just feel like so excited because i'm just like oh we've had a breakthrough like we've Mm -hmm. had a breakthrough. like so i'm not that should say that i'm not really as, as much as i am good with the small talk that's because i like hearing myself talk and i'm a little bit for like the giggles no um, myself yeah <laughs> hey hey <laughs> we can only be who we are okay right <laughs> it's like when kia says she doesn't know how she feels in a conversation <laughs> really kia really um but no, 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 I, I immediately changed my mind though you did you mm-hmm. did know thyself know thyself um but yeah i think when you know funny enough though talking about the pandemic i feel like because we've been inside for so long that it's been the first time in my life as an adult where I felt tired from conversations. Yeah. And as we're like talking about really serious things all the time, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's, it's like, Oh, I do kind of need, um, maybe there was more balance in my conversations in a way that I didn't notice. It's <laughs> a good or, way to say it. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay. So every time I talk to somebody, it's about like, have you got the vaccine? And I'm like, can we talk about reality TV a little bit? I just like, you know, real house of Atlanta. Like, do they have the vaccine? Because I need them to get the vaccine to get back on TV and get my. <laughs> Show us some yelling at each other, ladies. Come on. I, you know, you no, know, we can't always be kumbaya. Um, no, I but I, I do. Go ahead, Kia. I was just like, I think you're making such a good point right now that now I need to kind of reevaluate my life well not really my life a little bit but my home at least a little bit because my husband is the outspoken jovial one who I always jokingly say has never met a stranger Mm -hmm. um but a year on everybody's a stranger at one time he was having a conversation with a neighbor who was walking by and it was the <laughs> fakest laugh and the fakest voice. I don't think I had ever heard it like it was foreign to me and I was just like we need to get you back in public or something yeah. because <laughs> if I'm the one that's supposed to be carrying conversations we don't need to go anywhere the extroverts are not all right no, yeah, really. I was like, oh maybe it's because all the time we're just talking about serious stuff and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what day the kid can go to school and you know all these things and you know our only break is WandaVision and, and oh. Falcon and uh, oh, us too that's our break <laughs> so yeah no, just no, now I have to rethink about that well you know yeah. so it does it leans into and I'm, I'm mixing things around a little bit here ladies but just thinking about the types of conversations you know because what we're what we're pulling out here is that okay sometimes we need a little one division in our lives sometimes we need to talk about the strategy of schools and 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 moving and vaccines and all that stuff and there's you know there are different types of conversations. So some of the ones that we've highlighted are like difficult ones, positive ones, personal ones, professional ones. And I'm just, I'm just curious as we think about the high and lows of conversations, like what are, what, what, what reaction do you all have to these types of conversations? Like, do you find them individually easier or more difficult in any particular way? And maybe, and I want to also throw out that they might not be the only four, but these are just kind of like the ones that we pulled up. So I'll say that professional conversations 
are the easiest for me. Mm. And I recently had a conversation with one of my mentors and they pointed out, uh, we were talking, I was like, at work, I have this personality. I'm always laughing and smiling and just always positive. And in my head, I'm Eeyore. (laughs) And she said, well, it's your professional persona. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What do you mean my professional persona? I'm trying to get my outside to match my inside. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you're at work, that is, you've, you've created this professional persona and professional Kia is, is smiles, is jovial and all these things. Now, when Kia leaves work and, and real Kia comes out, you could be Eeyore again, but you've created this persona and that's how you present. And it's like, it's just so interesting because it that's exactly how I present. I've just created this persona, mm-hmm. this professional person who is who is not me. I don't know a different way to say that, but just this other this other Kia. And so when I'm when I'm at work, I'm totally fine. Um, I don't know if necessarily saying pushing boundaries, but asking for what I need, being direct. Um, and so I can be jovial Kia. I'll be direct Kia. I'll be all these things because professionally, I know that all these things are necessary and it's, it's a bit different than my personal where I tend to be more, I don't don't necessarily want to say meek, but maybe because I'm more self-sufficient in my personal life. I, I don't have to rely on other people to get things done like I do in my professional life that I Hmm. don't ask for what I need because I expect that I'll be able to deliver it on my own. Mm. That was a lot. No, no, but it all made so much sense. <laughs> I was thinking of the phrase that people use, um, customer service voice. Oh yeah. You had like that. It, it really is. It is a whole persona to be like, hi, how are you guys today? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know that person. It is, is so that? great to hear from you, mm-hmm. but, but you said that it's actually easiest for you. And I find it sometimes very draining Mm. to do that fake it till you make it thing all day long. That's really interesting that you said it's easier for you. It is like acting. acting. Yeah. yeah. I think it might be easier because for me, professional things, that customer service voice persona tends to deal with things that in my like list of priorities are lower. So like the conversations are like automatically less difficult. Yes. Yes. Or less. um, Well, yeah, sure. Less important to me. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't care about the outcome as much. My personal life. I'm deeply like I'm ingrained in that. Right. I, I need an outcome. It's, it's more about my, like my wants, my needs, my desires. And then at work, I'm like, it, it's a little removed, right? Because it's more about the company's needs and wants and desires. You know, and then, well, oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> right? Right here, I'm sitting here like, mm, let me in, let me in. <laughs> go, go. Go, no, go. <laughs> well, no, I, one, I just want to highlight that we've created a new type of conversation. So we had difficult, positive, personal, professional. Now we've got important because it doesn't need to mm. be. That's just like separate. It's important. Um, you all are just giving me so much insight into who, what I've seen over the course of my years as a professional air quotes. And I present like Kia, but I'm drained like 
Jessica. And so I find it very, what's been my most important place is because, because I find conversations so important, right. In general, Mm -hmm. that when I'm having them, I need them to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I find the professionals setting the professional conversations challenging because for many reasons, um, as a woman, as a black woman, as an immigrant child, like there are all these layers that I feel I have felt like I needed to augment my presentation to ensure that I was respected in spaces. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I hear Kia talking about kind of like <clears throat> you present so jovial, well, yeah, I'm generally jovial, but I'm also one that we'll drop a letter at the end of a, of a, you know, I might split an infinitive, you know, I might, I might do things that are just not textbook appropriate. Um, I'm loud. We were just talking about this in our, on our pre-therapy show Uh, (laughs) (laughs) about being bold and like saying things, you say big things. And, and, and this is why it's so important because I think my professional experience historically has been less forgiving. And so It's one thing when you feel like you are respected in an environment where they respect you as a human and you can have a difficult conversation and you can progress through to understand. It's another thing when you're in a professional setting and it feels as though you were cut off the minute you make a mistake and Mm -hmm. feeling like you need to perform to your point, Kia, because it's one thing if you're making a choice to perform. It's another thing if you feel like you have to in order to exist in that space. Maybe my priorities are a little flipped and... I'm going to say it anyways. I was, I was going to, I was, I was going, I was deciding whether or not I wanted to qualify the fact that I care about my family, but my family doesn't <laughs> care about them. Um, but I draw a lot of my self-worth from my professional competence mm-hmm. and I'm working on that. Um, but I think that's one of the things where I don't feel like I, I am choosing to, I chose to create that professional persona because that is the area that I saw the most importance in creating that additional, um, I don't know, additional something that I have to think. This is really fascinating because I know the two of you might have i'm like i'm listening to you describe your professional persona and it it makes me suddenly very aware that there are different types of work <laughs> which is kind of obvious mm-hmm. but my professional persona was um didn't have opportunities to ask for things it was a service role And so that's also why I found it so draining because to show up and care for each person behind every door, Mm. as you did for the person before them, when you first clocked in, you know, like every person gets the full of me because they need that because they're feeling vulnerable. That in itself is draining, right? Like every conversation behind every door is draining in that way and that you have to show up fully and also then not having other outlets where you can kind of try to get ahead in that role. Mm -hmm. That's, it creates a very specific type of persona, I guess. Right. It also changes the way you have a conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. you're, You're probably not in a position to say, 
anything you want to say, right? Like, yeah. it's like, you have to be very cautious about the conversation you're having, you know, filtered. It's just interesting to see how we, I mean, we've actually latched onto professional, which I think is really interesting that of, of the four, um, and then like, even thinking about personal and professional, the fact that we've latched to professional and started digging into like how our persona affects the conversations we have, do you think that we don't have that in our personal? I'll, I'll just start off and say that I have that less in like my deepest relationships. I'm more honest than not. Um, I find that difficult conversations. And again, we're going to, I want to, I'm patting, slapping my wrist. Cause it's like, it's not just difficult conversations. It's important conversations. It's difficult conversations. It's even positive conversations, but I'm more proactive to encourage those to happen in my personal life. And to your point, Kia, my self-worth is very attached to my professional prowess. Mm. So maybe it's because I feel valued just for showing up in these spaces that I'm like, hey, Kia, I don't like what you said last Tuesday. Let's talk about it. You know, as compared if you were Kia, my employer, and I'm like, I really want to show up in a positive way. I want to frame this mm. in a certain way, you know, and my my personal work is merging those two as best possible. Cause I don't always need to show up and be like, you know, say whatever I want to my dearest friends. Um, But there's also the balance of like showing up honestly and respectfully all the time. And, um, but I feel like I do that way more in my personal conversations. They are important, but they're important in a different way because my self-worth is not attached to those conversations. Mm. Interesting that, I'm I'm trying to think about how I show up in my personal conversations and I don't really have a persona. And I think that is because I have the one, if I'm having a personal conversation with you, I've already validated you. I don't know, checked you out. I've determined that, that you, that you are worthy of my time. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Quite honestly, you, you, you made yourself worthy. Um, Yeah, you made, you made the cut. So I, I'm, Basically, I don't have an escape for my professional relationships other than to leave the job, which would mean leaving the job where I draw a lot of my self-worth. Um, but in personal relationships, I I can drop a personal relationship if I want to. So I don't, I guess I'm, I'm most authentic in my personal relationships because if I determine that I no longer want to have a relationship with that person, then I, I don't have a relationship with that person. If I want to continue a relationship with somebody, then I continue the relationship with somebody. So I, I feel like I don't have, I don't have the need for the persona personally because mm. I can leave it at any time where professionally, especially while I work for a large organization, you move around and you'll be like, Oh, I worked with that person the last time. Like I, I can't escape the people. So I always mm-hmm. have to have that buffer in creating my professional persona. I've created a barrier between my real self and my, my workspace. So I just want to celebrate all these things that we're talking about because that that whole persona thing is going to have to come up again because it's deep and it is yeah. it's something that you all are like highlighting for me. And I was like, oh, I thought I was better at this. Obviously not. That <laughs> self-worth is still teetering on the inappropriate line, which is affecting my conversations, right? So mm-hmm. this is how it all ties back is like, 
if you are in your most authentic self, which we were talking about, which we're going to get into like truths with a capital T, authenticity is one of those things. And if your persona is affecting your authenticity, you're probably not having the best types of conversation. So we will get into that. We'll get into that. Um, but I do want to like make sure that, you know, so we've got difficult conversations, we've got positive conversations, important conversations. I think we've highlighted that positives seem to be easier. You know, it's very rarely that you find a positive yeah. conversation that's like, we need to talk through the steps of having a positive conversation. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and so I think what we're highlighting from this personal professional dynamic is really that what we'll be spending a lot of time in the course of this podcast is talking about difficult conversations and things that are challenging and important conversations. You know, because I think that dynamic is going to end up being the one where people feel the most hesitation to do these things that we're about to talk about. Um, but before I get into that, we've got our, our quote. I love our little quote. Yeah. Episode. So difficult conversations are almost never about getting the facts right. They're about conflicting perceptions, interpretations, and values. This is from Douglas Stone. Difficult conversations, how to discuss what matters most. Reactions. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's I think it's funny that he's saying it's not about getting the facts right and I'm like that sounds factual like that quote sounds like a fact to me <laughs> like that sounds exactly right okay so I will I'll throw it out there though that difficult conversations are almost never about getting the facts right they're about conflicting perceptions interpretations and values and I can get a, I yeah. can get down with that um but after what we saw of what was, um, again, we just talked about, again, if you're getting all the bales back, listeners, like, just about how, how do we show up our most authentic self? Well, the fact is, for the, in, in my opinion, for the past four years, there's been a lot of misinformation, right? Mm-hmm. And so I find it, this, this is what resonates with me, not resonates, this is what I'm reacting to into this quote, is that it's never about getting the facts right. Well, yeah, it is about perception, but sometimes things are factual and we need to make sure that we have resources that channel back to what's true and what's not true. So what you have said is a different interpretation of the quote than how I took it. So, you, I mean, I, I love me a good fact, um, but <laughs> so I, when I read it, I wasn't thinking necessarily about the actual, um, how should I say this? When he says there, uh, that difficult conversations are about conflicting perceptions, interpretations, and values. When we talk about the misinformation and more important than misinformation, the disinformation that has gone on, uh, for the past several years and actually is continuing to go on. Um, I think that that speaks to values that speaks to whether or not you actually hold honesty as a value mm-hmm. rather than, rather than is this fact right? Do I consider it value to actually put information out there that is, that is correct. Yeah. So, when you, so when you can talk about alternative facts, which are not a thing, there is, there's the truth and then there is like, or fact, and then there is not fact or lies. Mm-hmm. Um, then what you have done up front is tell me that you do not actually value the truth. And, mm. and, and then I can go on. From yeah. There. Mm. 
So the difficult part of the conversation, if you're having a conversation with someone who believes in things like alternative facts, isn't about whether or not the facts are right, but are do you have the same, I guess, like baseline values? Are you both going to come to this conversation honestly? And if you aren't, then to me, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I think I took it more that way. I think I, I took it to be very simple. It's a very simple quote to me in that when you think about the difficult conversations that you've had in the past, how many of them are about something that you can look up? You know, so like, I'm going to say very small amount for me personally, Uh, more of them are about people's perception of that fact. People's experience with that fact and how it has showed up in their lives like that can't be true because it hasn't happened to me personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That can't be, that can't be factual because mm-hmm. that hasn't happened to me. I've never seen it with my own eyes. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me, Jessica. let me, throw... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me say this. I, I needed those. I hear those and I'm really grateful for, for Kia, Jessica and Douglas Stone. I think that there is a cynical part of you that's still like, people lie though. Yeah. (laughs) All the time. But but I'm actually like, I think you're right. The more important thing is that they lie. I I hold on to that value of honesty. Yeah. As, as, as the, the thing that, brings me back into the fold with this one because if they if they're lying then they don't really value honesty you know because we can talk about interpretations but sometimes it's just not true you know yeah um, and that again that might be the lawyer me who's like well people lie they like to lie for <laughs> yeah no so this is this is good this is good and thank you for keeping me less cynical i appreciate that i think it's it's true too that people lie Yes. And also sometimes people don't have the facts. They're ignorant. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're. Whether they, you know, heard it through a story, some random fact in air quotes, Mm -hmm. or they've never heard the actual fact, Mm -hmm. they're probably not arguing actually about the fact. Right. Right. It gets into that interpret. Maybe less interpretation, more perception, especially when they've seen that air quote fact. And I just saw it. It was on a meme yeah. on somebody's Facebook. And, you know. So is Facebook. Yeah. Just, yeah, I saw it. It came <laughs> up on my wall. It was in so and so's Facebook stories. It, of course, it's fact. Um, yeah. I, I think the most egregious, what upsets me the most is when when there's disinformation, when you Mm -hmm. should consider that person a trusted source, whether that's your president or your congressman or your senator, uh, your governors. I mean, I know that we, we have, you know, kind of maybe a little bit laughingly this perception that all politicians are lying and, and that type of thing, but these are people who you should actually be able to trust. Right. The fact that we can't and that we don't is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you, Douglas Stone. 
right? Because now mm-hmm. we're, we've got some like deeper into insight into the fact that it's not really ever the fa- more more often than not it's not about the facts. It's about these perceptions, interpretations, and values. Mm-hmm. Um, but having been in these conversations that are involving a differing in perception, a differing in values. Um, what are the things that make those conversations most challenging? Um, because it, you know, it's not always, it's, if it's not the facts, you're saying it's not the facts. It's not, Danielle, are you as fly as Beyonce? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. 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 There's something else making it challenging. And so I think there are, the, mm-hmm. it's definitely could be the topic, but you know, what other things is it, you know, is it just subject? What else could it be? Um, for me, what makes conversations the most challenging is my relationship with whoever is in that conversation, especially if it's an unbalanced relationship, like, um, let's just say I'm in a taxi going to the airport. Cause let's just speak that um, into the future. Uh, <laughs> and manifest. Yeah. I'm having a conversation, let's say with my husband and you know, the taxi driver wants to get involved cause they're human and they're hearing. It's not like I'm whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Um, but then they want to be involved in the conversation. And, and I'm like, oh, well, I kind of just wanted to talk to my husband about this. And now it's this unbalanced, like this person I very much trust and the stranger mm. who I do not want to actually be involved um, in a in this type of conversation with or something like that. Um, but, but, but yeah, it's mostly the, my relationship status with whoever is in the conversation because that will, quite honestly, that will determine how much of my, my, I guess, self I bring to the conversation with people I trust of bringing my whole self. That means you'll get argumentative Kia who will pull out her. My mother-in-law used to call me iPhone because I'd be like, that doesn't even sound true. So I just it right <laughs> out. And I'm like, <laughs> like, well, hold on. Kia let us know. She'll pull out her iPhone and let us know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's how much do I trust you to, to bring my whole self to the conversation. Ooh, man, that's a, that's a good one. I think it's, for me, it's a combination of people and subject or maybe more accurately values. Especially when I see that my values aren't held by that person that I'm very close with. Like that, that is like the most difficult conversation that I can imagine is when I'm like, I'm trying to be validated by this person that I love and who loves me, but we're not agreeing on this thing that I think is so essential. Right. Like, but that's how it is. Right. That's, that's the facts. (laughs) No, that's not true. It's your value. Right. That, that doesn't mean it's. It's a feeling that you have. It's Ooh, Jessica. <laughs> I really Isn't that like hard. That. It's hard to it's hard to swallow though, right? That like a value isn't fact. It's fact for me, obviously. My value is my fact, but that's not 
true necessarily, even for my closest partner, right? My husband, that's so here we here we go again back. <laughs> I thought we just said honesty is a value. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, you really hung up on this. I don't like no, liars. I, I, I don't like liars, so that's why this is like coming. <laughs> but I, I'm just wondering, like, maybe I maybe I'll just pull back. I don't know. I don't know, and so I just have this. I have my feeling now. <laughs> which which we, which we've now said is not important um but i'm just i'm just curious as what if that value is honesty like how is that i'm gonna come up like i have some serious stress issues that's not the case i'm just really hung up on how we're talking about values in terms of like is values a feeling uh i don't know if it's necessarily a feeling or maybe I misinterpreted what you were saying, Jessica. So like, maybe, maybe that's not what you were saying. When we think about things like honesty, like being part of our values, we have to remember that we can't expect that of the other people in it. Like we, like we might think like, oh, honesty is like a baseline thing. Like everybody believes in honesty. Right. Uh, as we have seen, not so, not so much, not, not necessarily. And also it may be that they value something more than they value that they might value prestige or yeah. money or yeah. um, their own. Maybe if, if something seems to be um, not attacking their family, but um, going at the security of their family or home life or career or whatever it is, then they'll value that more than they will being honest about whatever. Yeah that thing is yeah i want to throw out another thing that makes challenging conversations for me okay my mom would always say don't embarrass me in public oh my gosh (laughs) i just had like a visceral reaction to you saying that (laughs) and she would say if you embarrass me i'll embarrass you and we always took that very seriously Mm -hmm. and i think again to your point about how I think about values, what you're saying, Kia, I think about the various lived experiences people have. And I function well under most challenging conversations, but put me in a public public setting, I will react negatively. Um, If we're having a challenging conversation and you put it and you want to have a public display, I will react very poorly under those circumstances. And I don't know if other people would be okay with that. I can't really envision a situation where that's a good thing, but I think people could, some people can stay calmer, um, more calm under the circumstance. And it just riles me up. It, 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 it is the moment where you will get me yelling. It will be the moment where you do get me like feeling extremely defensive. I'm not in my best space when there is an audience, when there's like a public situation, And so I just think about like needing, you know, we'll talk later on about our, you know, in in other episodes about our environments and truth with a capital T. But I do think that that that's one that really, even as I say, it gives me chills because I'm like, Mm -hmm. don't embarrass me in public. I hear my mom Mm -hmm. like, do not embarrass me in public. Yeah. Even when Kia was describing the like talking to her husband when the taxi driver could hear, I was like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Like. 
even that makes like, I don't want another person to hear my business. <laughs> I don't want another person to hear. I'm like, I don't know, secretive, private to a fault, whatever that might be. Right. That like, no, 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 no. With this just needs to be had. Like, can we go home and talk about it? I don't need, I don't want to talk about it here at dinner where other people are trying to have a nice dinner. But you it know what's so funny is, is even in that example, I was trying to think of something that, because here we go. I'm definitely not, I, just because I, I didn't grow up um, this way, but I'm definitely not a person who thinks of um, like, like the other people around as not being there. Like sometimes you'll, people forget that the janitor is there or that the yes. driver is there or, or things like that. So I was even trying to think, I was like, what conversation would I have in the taxi that I wouldn't want them to, to be a part of, but I couldn't think of a better example, but I'm, I, I am a, a bit like you. And I, that's a, a mom, a, a my mother thing where mm-hmm. it's basically like, don't tell our business to anybody. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I was telling her this to everybody all of the time as a child. And I guess she had to retrain me to be like, we can't just tell everybody everything that's going on at the house all of the time. It It's definitely interesting to think about, like, you know, we come into this, we've come into this conversation saying, okay, we're going to talk about conversations, but then we're like, okay, but those conversations can be personal. They can be professional. They can be important. They can be difficult. They can be positive, which again, positive is still ranking low on the priority list. (laughs) (laughs) They're fun to have. They're fun to have. We need more of them, but in the cases we we need less practice with them. Um, But then it's like, now we're seeing that different scenarios create different opportunities for us to have those conversations. So is it the topic is really challenging? Is it that we have differing values? Is it that um, it's a public versus a private situation? And then thinking about like the relationship, you know, and so the, the, you know, one last thing, um, you know, just before we wrap up is that we just need to think about in terms of, of, I think Kia, you might've wrote this on personal insecurities and kind of like knowing where you are. Mm Mm. I did because I was thinking about conversations where I don't feel like I have the correct expertise. Like I said, I love me a good fact, but if I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of why would I be in a room with a bunch of like people with doctorates in physics, but if we're talking about physics and I'm in a room full of people with doctors in physics, I'm not even going to ask a question because they have a different baseline knowledge than I do. I'm just, I'm really just going to be there listening and observe, not just observing, but absorbing because I would not feel like I wouldn't be able to have a conversation because I just would feel like, okay, well, everybody in this room is way smarter than me. So I'm just going to be quiet. Can I, can I throw something else out there, Kia? No, absolutely not. But thanks for asking. (laughs) Uh, Boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) If you all could see my face right now. (laughs) The point I was trying to make, I will put my foot in the ground now, is that uh, I wonder, though, if it's that we find the bravery in those spaces when we sit and we listen. Right. Because if you think you need to have those comment all the time, which I fall victim to, you do. You feel those like insecurities like I can't I I need to make a comment and I can't make a comment because I don't know anything about this physics. Right. But isn't there a power in the listening? So I, I guess I'm trying to reframe this thought a bit. Mm. because there's power in knowing that I'm not an expert. There's, there's strength in knowing that this is not my area of expertise, 
but I'm, I'm so confident in my ability to explore and learn and grow that I can sit back and listen. I changed my mind. You can totally add that point. I like mm, it. Too late. Delete. <laughs> Phew. Here we are. Another day, another episode, ladies. This is another dollar. Another day. <laughs> I like it. I, I do think that we have loads more to cover. There's so much stuff that we didn't even get to in this episode, mm. but it's great to just have this space and time to explore yeah, that, that there are the highs and lows of conversation, that there are good things that there are good things that come out of it, which we clearly don't touch on a lot. But there are also these challenging areas where we're trying to figure out how do we take a challenging situation and have something positive come out of it. And so maybe as we like poo poo on positive conversations, we're saying, how do we make these other ones shift into having positive outcomes? Yeah, that's it. And so we'll figure that out with you all uh, as we continue to explore over the course of the season. But until next time, keep having candid and fruitful conversations. Kia, where's my camp up? (laughs) Bye, guys. That brings us to the end of this Canned Fruit Podcast episode. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Jovan from What's Good Productions. If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at cannedfruitpod and email us at cannedfruitpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jessica, Kia, and Danielle. And don't forget to open up.